Hey, Jeepers, on episode 232, we'll hear from a familiar name and what he thinks about the XJ. I'll let you know about a product featured on Amazon You Bought What and give you a trail report from a recent wheeling trip with a renegade trailhawk. Nikki G calls in with a tech question. We'll play your voicemails and get into the next chapter of our virtual Jeep build. Tony's going to talk laundry list. Cody's talking about selling the grand for a renegade. And I'll be talking about getting rid of that whistle on your light bar. All that and more coming up on episode 232 of the Jeep Talk Show. You're listening to a 4x4 Radio Network podcast. It's hat night. Are you ready? It's the Jeep Talk Show. With Tammy on Wrangler. There's Tammy. Tony and Josh on Cherokee. So sit back. Strap in. And brace First week in G. Well, even top gear hosts like the Jeep XJ. If you're a gearhead at all, then you've undoubtedly heard about the hit TV show Top Gear. It's been around for quite some time. It got its rise in unfortunate recent fall in the UK where the three hosts would entertain us with races, reviews, commentary, friendly banner, and really so much more all about cars. One of the hosts got himself in trouble recently, and well, the show will never, ever be the same again. It's too bad. Really one of my favorite shows of all time. For those who don't know who I'm talking about, I'm the, his name might ring a bell. His name is Jeremy Clarkson, and like the rest of us, he's not perfect. He's insulted virtually every type of person and machine on the planet, and even punched a producer for not getting him a sandwich. But despite his flaws, Clarkson, like you and I, got one thing right. He loved a little boxy Jeep that could, the XJ. You can't fault him for that. In a 1993, yeah, we're going into the Wayback Machine here, folks. In a 93 episode of the old, old, old Top Gear, I think it might have been uh, fifth gear back then, Jeremy Clarkson gets behind the wheel of a rental Jeep XJ from Alaska. And, well, frankly, he falls in love. He says the little Jeep just just feels like a saloon car and loves the fact that it has Land Rover Discovery-style power in a Sierra-sized package. And more importantly, Clarkson says the Jeep really starts to shine when the going gets tough, a fact that I myself have confirmed time and time again with my own 99 Cherokee. Of course, he also says the XJ cleaves the air with all the poison grace of a garden shed. But that's a small argument against what I consider one of the best SUVs of all time. Unless, Jeremy Clarkson, big fan. Hey, big thanks to all of you guys out there who each and every week submit stories for This Week in Jeep. If you guys have a new story or any response to any one of our stories, well, by all means, send us an email to info at jeeptalkshow.com. Yeah, first off, I want to welcome uh, Cody to the show. He's filling in for Tammy, as uh, as I mentioned in the pre-show, that couldn't you know go to couldn't do the show get enough sleep and go wheeling the next day so yeah that's wrong <laughs> but that's okay we we, we appreciate cody uh, stepping in so josh i think we talked about this a while back whenever uh i don't know if it was on the air or not but i remember uh when what was what's the guy's name you were just talking about jeremy clarkson yeah when, when, when yeah. jeremy did this punching of a producer uh about the sandwich thing um, I think we had some talk about maybe he was doing this to actually get out of the show. Did, do you remember reading anything about that? There, there's been so many conspiracy theories as to, you know, the, the events leading up to it, why it happened, what actually happened and, you know, all that sort of stuff. I mean, it's kind of water under the bridge at this point because most of the parties have moved on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, they've got, they've got something going on Amazon right now. The, uh, the old top gear host. 
the uh, the the new version of Top Gear in the UK is certainly not what it used to be, and of course the US has adopted their own version, which is actually becoming a little more successful. I think they're in their third or fourth season now. Is is that the one with uh, Joey from Friends? Uh, uh, I've seen the previews. I haven't watched anything, but I've actually seen previews of him. I I have to admit, I'm about a season behind on everything. So okay. most of what I am hearing is is coming from just news articles that I've read about or, or the, you know, Hollywood buzz type of stuff. All right. Well, fair, fair enough. I'm just, uh, you know, I watch BBC America from time to time and love BBC. And, uh, I, uh, I noticed, uh, uh, I forget the, uh, Matt LeBlanc, I forget, uh, uh, his name, but, uh, remembered it there last minute. And, uh, but I've seen him involved in the show and I don't know if it's the American version or the British version. Well, they've, they have celebrities on each every, in every episode and it's, you know, it's a celebrity in a real, in a, reasonably priced car or whatever and they and it's basically just your average run-of-the-mill vehicle that's mm-hmm. only a couple few years old if that and they you know put these celebrities inside this car it's got a roll cage and like a racing seat and that's about it and uh and they okay fastest lap around the course ready to go and uh and all these hollywood stars have got to race this car around the uh, around the lap and it's all the same car mm-hmm. uh, you know and they get their name up on this you know chart see who you know, well, Tom Cruise did better than I did, you know, and, you know, that sort of thing. So, uh, yeah, yeah I, I it's, don't think there's always a celebrity a on show host. I think he probably was just a guest host. You think so? Cause I got the, the distinct feeling he was going to be a part of the show. And I also heard that he was, uh, the lap leader that, uh, that, that thing you were just discussing, uh, Josh, he, he had the, the best score, the, the, hot, the lowest time on the track. Oh, I'll be darned. But but don't quote me on that because all I'm getting this from is, is a preview. Tony has said <laughs> it's just from a preview that I've that I'm seeing between uh, Star Trek: Next Generation being you know commercial and back. So <laughs> it's not any detail that I've got here. Anyway, that's one of the reasons why I was bouncing off of you guys to see if you had heard. But uh, obviously, I'm more well informed <laughs> than you guys. So anyway, uh, interesting. We're we're going to see what's happening with that show. Uh, I uh, I never watched much of it, but I did catch some of the stuff on uh, on YouTube, and uh, they were very very entertaining. And I don't know how they got away with destroying so many vehicles, especially that three wheel vehicle that they took a turn way too fast, and of course it it rolled. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I guess they buy yeah. a lot of yeah. stuff. <laughs> did you ever see the, uh, the the Top Gear episode where they did uh, wacky car races with all of the different vehicles that are used in an airport? No, oh, no, that sounds oh, hilarious. It's hilarious. They take the dump truck, the food truck, all the different trucks that you find in a in a airport, and they literally go on a race with them, and they're run ramming into each other. It's hilarious. Now, see, that's a Nikki G episode right there. <laughs> <laughs> Nikki G works. I've at, crashed one of those before. Yeah, Nikki G works at an airport, folks. So that he does yeah. a lot of that ground crew stuff. So yeah, that's that's why I make that comment. What's up, guys? I'm Kobe. And I'm Jason. Morgan Trail Off Road. You're listening to Jeep Talk Show. You're listening to Jeep Talk Show, the number one Jeep podcast. At my mom's house. Jeep is off road. Jeep is about the journey. Jeep has a great story. A story that I want to tell. I'm a voiceover talent, and I'm going off-road with a grassroots marketing campaign to voice for Jeep. Want to join me on the ride? I could sure use the company. Please tag Jeep. Post a link to kb4jeep.com. Add a message and use the hashtag MyJeepStory. Thanks, Jeep Talk Show, and your listeners for your support along this crazy journey. See you on the social media trail. You're listening to a 4x4 Radio Network podcast.
Yes, you are. We have neglected to talk about the 4x4 Radio Network here for the past few shows, and, and I'll tell you why. We took it out of the show notes a couple of uh, a couple of three shows back, and we forgot to put it back in. But that doesn't mean it's not important. It's very important. Uh, and uh, you guys probably enjoyed the break and not hearing about it. But that break is over because we're going to talk about it tonight. Uh, if you don't already know, the 4x4 Radio Network is a, a group, a cabal, a conglomeration, uh, pieces of Voltron or something Josh talks about all the time, uh, where... Uh, <laughs> some some great off-road podcasts that have come together and uh, formed a network. And uh, one of those great podcasts, uh, we uh, we have uh, uh, the podcast creator here with us tonight, Cody, uh, and does, uh, what is it, Renegades or Us? Uh, I can't remember. What's the name of your podcast? It's, it's the Renegade Lovers Talk Show. <laughs> He-Man, Renegade Lovers Podcast and Talk Show. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it's the Renegade and Patriot Lover. Oh, gee, as long as you're not going to say the the new Cherokee Trailhawk edition, I'm I'm all right with it. Oh, uh, I've yeah, I, I haven't gotten that far. Yeah, yeah. Well, the, you know, it's selling very well, uh, and uh, like I was telling Josh, uh, Josh reports on it week after week after week about the, the Jeep sales, and uh, you know they did something right. They did the research right. People are, are loving that little baby grand, and I just wish that's what they had called it was a baby grand. Yeah. But anyway, I digress. Actually, uh, uh, Cody's uh, podcast is uh, Trail Chasers Podcast, and uh, I'm sure you remember him from tra- trailchasers.net. Um, uh, uh, Cody drives a Grand Cherokee and does a, our Grand Adventure segment. Uh, hasn't done one for us uh, in a while. Uh, I don't know, having, having, kids and a po- <laughs> having kids, a podcast, going to Hawaii, and uh, all and, these other and things. And a new have, job. And a new job. And a new job have uh, seemed to have taken precedence over like the getting guy's us got a full plate or something. I mean, come on. Yeah, well, you know, we can all make excuses, can't we? <laughs> uh, but uh, anyway, uh, Cody is like the the newest member of the Four by Four Radio Network, and uh, well, Cody, tell us a little bit about um, your show and uh, being part of the Four by Four Radio Network. Uh, the show's a, a very simple format. It um, it came from me wanting to know more about the people I was connected to on social media. So, you know, you're connected to Facebook and, and Instagram and Twitter and all these people and you see the posts and you think, oh, they, that looks cool. I want to hear about that story. So the show brings on a member of the social media community every week um, and lets them tell their story. And I basically just talk them through how they got into wheeling, what kind of adventures they go on and learn more about the person behind the avatar on social media. And it's, uh, I've got 12 episodes released so far. I just recently scheduled um, three more uh, coming up in the near future. Um, one of those is actually a crossover with Dan from the 4x4 podcast, where he and I, he and I are going to discuss the merits of the Jeep Renegade and the, quote, other Jeeps. Um, and the reason that I, I say other Jeeps is because driving a Grand, I'm kind of one of those other Jeeps. If you're not a Wrangler, or an XJ, you're you're an other Jeep driver, I think, and uh, so we're going to have a conversation about that and use it for both shows. But uh, the Four by Four Radio Network has been great, getting the opportunity to, especially being new to the podcasting and trying to figure all this stuff out. Tony and and the other guys and Dan have been really good about helping out, and I think it gives us it. I honestly believe it gave the Trail Chasers podcast a little bit more clout than it probably deserved at the very beginning by being associated with a handful of other really good podcasts. So um, it's been it's been great so far. And I think that uh, when we have our group discussions, we talk about ways to grow the off-road podcast community as a whole, not specifically my show, your show, his show, more of like 
how can we work together and and build the the awareness and the the audience for the sh- for all the d- of the different shows and I really like that. Well, I wouldn't sell your your uh, podcast short because um, everybody that was part of the Four by Four Radio Network prior to your entry into it uh, listened to your show before uh, you know we extended the offer uh, to to come on board and everybody was very impressed with your very first and show. Despite everything that I told them, <laughs> they still agreed. To, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> So, uh, I, I think, uh, like I said, don't sell yourself, yourself short. And if you guys haven't had the, uh, the opportunity or taken the time, uh, to subscribe to the, uh, trail chasers podcast, you need to look it up and subscribe. I think you'll, you really enjoy that. Um, I, I personally enjoy it every time Cody uh, mentions my name on the show or talks about the Jeep talk show. <laughs> well, and, and to be honest, the, the trail chasers podcast is a, as a result of what started off as a voicemail, uh, my first voicemail to the Jeep talk show was about the new Cherokee. Um, and then your call out for the grand adventure for, for the grand Cherokee segment. So mm-hmm. I submitted to that and I did 10 of those pre-recorded segments and a couple live shows with you guys. Mm-hmm. And it just kind of snowballed into there. And I had, I had actually thought about doing a podcast a, a while ago before I even started uh, with you guys. And then it just, as I was doing it, it just became a m- momentum and carried me right into it. And I said, well, I'm, I'm going to do this now. And I'm glad that I did. And it's been great. And I've really had the opportunity to talk to some really good people. Um, I've leveraged that into meetups out in the real world where I've had conversations with people. And then I've met out at Tierra del Sol, which I happen to be wearing a Tierra del Sol shirt um, and a couple other Jeep events. And that's been great. So it's just, it's really, I enjoy talking to people and it's given me the opportunity to have deeper conversations with a wider audience that I probably wouldn't have interacted with before. Yeah. And, uh, it's, it's a neat concept. Uh, when are you talking to people, uh, behind the social media uh, persona? Let's get to know this person. That's, uh, from what we see from these few posts, let's get some more background information on them. And I, th- I thought that was a, a pretty neat approach. And that's one of the things about podcasting that you don't always, uh, come, you don't always find is something new, some, some new approach. I mean, uh, and uh, oh, also too, I like to uh, say that I think uh, you getting involved in the podcasting had a lot to do with you being on the show and filling in for Tammy and Josh whenever they were out, because uh, you got to see behind the scenes and and seeing what chimpanzees uh, is necessary to run a show. It's not very difficult. <laughs> <laughs> if these you. guys could do it, seriously, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it can't be that hard. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> so. Um, uh, what would pro- what would be your your uh, and I hate to put you on the spot, but ever any good uh, uh, person asking questions does this. What would be your favorite uh, interview that you've done so far? How many how many uh, shows have you done, and uh, what was your favorite? I've done twelve, um, and the the la- the episode number twelve I think was so far the best uh, for a couple reasons. It was the first time I did a Skype to Skype call, so the uh, the the call quality was way better than um, you know a oh, Skype yes. to a, to a phone. So that was a big piece of it. And the the person I interviewed was uh, his name is Yeti Norvell, and he, he's on Instagram as the Jeep called Yeti. And he's he just he and his girlfriend have a very inspirational story where he bought a Jeep and wanted to do some fabrication on it took out a Sawzall, just started hacking away oh, and God. welding. And it, I mean, he created this beast. I've met up with him at a couple places out here in Southern California. 
and um, just his story of how he started with, um, you know, he did some work on rat rods and custom cars and stuff, got a Jeep, decided he wanted to customize it and literally hacked the back end of a TJ off and built a, a tube frame to lighten it up and move the gas tank and the whole thing. And that has snowballed. And now he's manufacturing parts for the people. They've got a whole brand put together at oh, yetibuilt.com, uh, where yeti-built.com, where they're selling uh, off-road gear and lifestyle clothing and stickers and stuff. And it's, it's a really inspirational story of how they got to that point. Um, I, I've been very, you know, it's kind of a crapshoot when you invite someone to come on to, a, oh, to yes. an interview show and because I don't have any conversation with them beforehand. I want to get oh, to yeah, know them yeah. literally while I'm on the show. No, it's a good idea. You ask good questions that way, I believe. Yeah. That, that, yeah. I don't want, I don't want any pre-information. So it's a little bit of crapshoot, but I've been very fortunate that all of the people I've interviewed have been very personable. They've got great stories. They come from different backgrounds and some of them are starving college kids that are starting, trying to build a lifestyle brand. And some of them are guys like the, the guy that's, uh, are you stuck? Rich Bridges from, are you stuck on Instagram? He's been wheeling for 20 some, 30 some years, probably longer than that. He's been a Jeep salesperson for 20 something years. And he's seen all these changes and the insight that he provided was just fantastic to hear him talk about the change in vehicles and, and the stuff he's seen with, with the Jeep brand. So it's, it's really, it's really interesting to get the insight from other people on and, and letting them tell their story um, deeper than the Instagram fo- post or the Facebook post or something. So um, I, I just really enjoyed the opportunity to talk to people and, and it's, it's been fun. I think uh, I, I don't, I'm not sure if you said the episode or not, but uh, if you guys are interested in that uh, Yeti Norville interview uh just go find uh trail chasers podcast and look for episode 11 does that sound right to you yeah uh, i knew it was 11 or 12 it was one of the last ones i i uh most recent ones i've done okay so episode 11 all all of the episodes are on the trailchasers.net website if if you can go on there and i've got them all listed on the podcast page and you can just bang through them all real quick Uh, another really good interview was adam's four by four he's a young kid in college that started building his own Jeep parts and didn't 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 have any fabrication background, but his family was kind of into automotive um, uh, work, and he has built a web page and a product page, and he's focusing on Grand Cherokee parts, bumpers, and and tire carriers and stuff, and just you know a young kid trying to get his engineering degree and or or, or a business management degree and building parts, driving back and forth from school. I mean, it's a it's an interesting story to hear someone with that kind of drive. I'm too old. I don't have that kind of energy anymore. <laughs> you know, Cody, it's funny. I'm I'm sitting here listening to you tell this stuff, and and it really mirrors one of my friends' stories. That you know, this kid, he's he's uh, a machinist apprentice uh, going through their program with at Boeing. Um, you know, he's he just bought his first house. Uh, he's on his second Jeep. Um, you know, I met the kid when he bought his first Jeep really didn't know much about off-roading, nothing about fabrication, really nothing about Jeeps. And, and now he's, he's a part-time fabricator. Um, he's trying to start his own you know, fabrication company as well. Um, he doesn't have anything you know, brand name or, or anything like that, but he's, he's you know, selling some uh, steering brace, uh, uh, braces on Craigslist for, for Jeeps. And um, you know, it's, just, it's funny hearing these parallels, these, these similar stories to people in completely different parts of the country yet kind of have the same background. It, it's just really, yeah. really interesting to me. 
It is. And it's ha- having the conversation with these people that have done stuff like this. And you, you know, you think back to when I got my first Jeep and I remember building my first bumper uh, and I physically welded my first bumper for a CJ. And at the time I was just doing it for myself. And I- I'm sure that there was some part of me that thought, hey, I wonder if I could do this for a living. And then I put the welder away, and went back to work. Yeah. Um, you know, these people, these, these people are, they're really like, they're digging their heels they're in. They're crazy and they're, is what the uh, term is that you're looking for there. No. Yeah, absolutely crazy. But you know, there's, there's so many people out there that have these stories. Another one, HK off road, the second one, the second interview I did, the, the guy owns a, uh, his family owns a machinist shop and that's what they've been doing forever. And he bought a Jeep and started building some parts and now They've bought out part of the machinist shop to create a larger fabrication facility to create more uh, of their products because they can't keep up with demand and they're shipping all over the world. And, um, you know, these these guys that have have taken an idea and a passion and turned it into a lifestyle and turned it into a uh, a, a way to make money. And it's it's super uh, um, impressive that they've done that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's great. And uh, if you guys uh, have been, uh, interest has been piqued to uh, check out the Trail Chasers uh, podcast, I always want to say trailchasers.net. Damn it, I wish you had named it something else. I've, I've made that comment before, but <laughs> it, it's it's nice because you can use the uh, the website that you already have to help promote it. But So you, yep. can, uh, you can go over to trailchasers.net. I believe that's where all the Trail Chasers podcasts are. I actually use Beyond Pod on my smartphone. And uh, did a search for a Trail Chasers uh, podcast, and then added that to my subscriptions. And it's funny, Cody, because uh, I haven't listened. I actually made a comment to you saying that I had missed some of the f- the first few episodes, and uh, was catching. I think I started around five or six, and all the ones that you mentioned, I think I've uh, I've listened to uh, okay. all the in- interviews that you've done. But I, I, th- of course, it doesn't keep me from going back and listening to those uh, those other episodes. But I just get lazy in the. The, the app just plays them, and I just listen to them as they come around. It's really a lot of fun. I don't know if you guys are aware of these uh, apps or not, but like Beyond Pod, uh, I think Podcast Addict is a uh, a very uh, popular one, uh, player that, that that goes on. Those things okay. download the podcast. You subscribe. They download the podcast automatically to your phone, and then really you just press the play button. It's almost as easy as turning on your radio and listening to a program, except you can fast forward uh, if you don't like a, an episode for some reason. You can actually just skip it and go on to the next one. It's 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 really the future of entertainment, I believe. Yeah, I, I use Pocket Cast. I love that app. Okay, there's there's several of them out there that uh, that are like that. Uh, and uh, you know, you if you uh, have a uh, an Android style uh, FM uh, receiver and stereo type thing in your vehicle, uh, those things can actually download podcasts. So it's right there, ready for you on long trips or or you drive to and from uh, from work. But anyway, uh, check out the 4x4 Radio Network, 4x4radionetwork.com, and uh, be sure and check out uh, Cody, uh, Trail Chasers Podcast. Uh, hopefully, uh, we've whet your appetite a little bit for uh, his different style of uh, interview, finding out more about the people behind the social media uh, personas, which, uh, you know, at 140 characters on Twitter, it's kind of hard to learn something about somebody. So uh, very interesting interviews, Cody. Very good job. And uh, uh, glad you uh, joined us here on the 4x4 Radio Network and uh, here on the show tonight. Well, thanks for having me, guys. And uh, coming up on Renegade Talk, that's right, you heard me. <laughs> 
coming up on <laughs> since Tammy's not here, coming up on Renegade Talk, Cody talks about how he's going to sell his Grand Cherokee and buy a new Renegade Renegade Trailhawk. But his wife won't let him. It will never happen. Oh, and no, it, will, it, won't happen. it will never happen. It's not because of the wife. It's because of that $600 uh, trailchasers.net uh, uh, graphic that he had printed and, and that he stuck to the to the grand. If you guys haven't seen that, the thing is about 15 feet long. It hangs off the, 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 the grand on both ends and just flaps as he's going off road. No. <laughs> looks Looks great. It does. It looks really good. But you had to put it at an angle, didn't you? Yeah, well... I, I, yeah, I, I just said, make it this big. I'll figure out where to put it. <laughs> <laughs> there's a, there's a, there's an off color joke in there. Um, so where's Tammy? She says, move along, move along. Yes. yes. You know, I, speaking of Tammy, uh, I swore I wasn't going to pick on her tonight and this, this isn't picking on her, but she posted up some pictures of, uh, her Jeep next to, uh, CPO, Chris, uh, overclock 3d, uh, and, uh, Tammy's Jeep is, actually a little bit taller than chris's jeep i just wait till the springs settle and that's one of the things i said Shh, nobody tells <laughs> tell tammy how a winch and armor and spring settling <laughs> will make that thing lower over time <laughs> wah, wah, wah. <laughs> so anyway she's having a having a good time and actually she's going up to uh ross creek uh tomorrow which uh this, the show's recorded on thursday so friday she's going to be up at uh, ross creek and she's going to be testing out that uh, that new lift, that new three and a half inch uh, lift. What what was the lift? Not Genrite. What is it? Oh, it's Metal Club. Metal Club. And, uh, when yeah. she gets back next week, we'll find out just to how much she's broken. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah she's not going to break. The only thing oh, that's, that stuff's bulletproof. The only thing that she break is uh, is her voice uh, by being uh, concerned about uh, uh, hitting a rock or something. So anyway, uh, let's uh, let's talk a little bit about the the Jeep Talk Show, which I've already covered a little bit about this. Oh, yeah. um, you're uh, if you're watching us on YouTube, we want you to know that the Jeep Talk Show is also available in audio only format. Now that's the format that most most people uh, I wanted to say conceive uh, consume. <laughs> what you do while you're listening to the podcast, I don't care. Uh, that's that's the way the most people consume this podcast is from audio only. Like I was saying earlier, earlier driving back and forth to work. Uh, it's, it's great to listen to while commuting, working out at the gym, uh, or taking care of those chores at the house. So subscribe via iTunes, tune in or Stitcher and never miss an episode. I don't, I don't, uh, know about you, uh, Cody, but Josh, I forwarded you that email about Stitcher being purchased. Did you, uh, did you read yeah, that? That's right. Yeah. One of our, uh, our podcast carriers, one of our outlets, our distributors, mm-hmm. if you will, uh, was recently bought out or, or purchased by another company. Now it doesn't mean that anything's going to change if you are a Stitcher follower or a uh, you get our show through Stitcher. Uh, nothing's going to change. In fact, uh, things might even get better as they're going to offer some more content and, uh, of course, give us another opportunity for even more distribution. Yep. According to the email that I received, they said nothing will change. But, of course, that's what they always tell the employees right before they lay you know, 50% of them off. Uh, yeah, they were purchased by Deezer, uh, but they, they do say they are going to be putting more funds into uh, the whole Stitcher thing, so it may be improving. Hell, even the audio quality may improve. We can only hope. Oh, there's that beautiful YouTube music (laughs) I love so much, and that's my cue to tell you guys about our awesome YouTube channel, which we are always updating, and it's, of course, where you guys can find us broadcasting the show live every Thursday, 10 p.m. Central. We are, of course, simulcasting that show over at jeeptalkshow.com. Of course, uh, if you subscribe to our YouTube feed, you're going to get all of our updates, all of our releases, and of course, we will appreciate it. And every 100 subscribers we get, we get a cookie. A cookie. Cookie. That would be nice, though. (laughs) 
Nonetheless, guys, subscribe. YouTube.com slash Jeep Talk Show. Where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show? What do you talk about, man? Where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show? I got no idea what the heck. Where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? Get out of my face, yo. Hey, where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? Underwater. Hey, where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? In the bubble bath. Where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? No clue. And where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? While flexing on stumps. Where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? Hey, where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? Hey, where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? I would assume on the radio. The Jeep Talk Show, available on iTunes and at jeeptalkshow.com. Hey, where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? And uh, as we've stated before, it doesn't have to be true. It just has to be interesting. It, hey, it could only be interesting to you. I don't care. But call us and let us know, 530-675-4102, and tell us where you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at. Hey, Josh, you've been doing a lot more interviews here recently. And, Boy, uh, have I ever. <laughs> it's, they've been really good, very interesting. Oh, thank you. And uh, I, uh, I've yeah. really been enjoying those, especially the Oregon Trail Off-Road Group, uh, which mm-hmm. uh, we're going to have well, hey, more got of that coming up. Then. Yeah. Because I actually had uh, Jason from Oregon Trail Off-Road here in the shop, or I mean in studio, rather, uh, here just this last weekend. So as you guys are listening to this, uh, that was uh, two weekends ago, but um, I'm going to have a follow-up interview with these guys um, released here in the next couple weeks. So you guys definitely want to be looking out for that. I had Jason in studio, follow-up interview, all about Oregon Trail Off-Road, and guys, things are starting to get down to the nitty-gritty. We're about like literally a, about a month away or less than five weeks, six weeks away from their launch date. Uh, they, the whole dynamic of this trip has changed. So you guys are definitely going to want to check out this interview. A lot of good stuff coming up as well. I've got another another interview, which I just did uh, day before yesterday with just one of the most amazing off-road I'm just, I'm just going to jump in industry. real I'm just going to jump in real quick. Yeah. Josh was giddy with I excitement giddy. in chat telling me about this stuff. Uh, all the stuff that he found out in this interview and I, I'm I'm very I have not heard anything of it other than just Josh's rendition of it. So but but Josh doesn't get excited. A month out. No, I, I really don't it it's really takes a bit to get my blood flowing that like that. And uh and this month this interview is going to be uh, we're gonna, probably not going to release it for about a month or so. We'll start teasing this year in another week or so, but just give you guys a quick little um, preview. Uh, This is the guy who pretty much made off-road racing what it is today, and I got a chance to sit down with him and and talk with him over the phone uh, for one of probably my most interesting interview that I've ever done, Uh, and I can't wait to release that to you guys. So I'll tell you more about that in the weeks to come. Uh, in the meantime, though, check out that Oregon Trail off-road. We do have the uh, part one out, and part two will be released here in the next couple weeks. Yep, yep. Really looking forward to that. And again, great job on those interviews, uh, Josh. And uh, Thank you. I, uh, uh, you know, I've I've done quite a quite a few of the interviews, and it's 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 actually more fun to hear the interview when somebody else does it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and, and and I've listened to all of them too, Josh. And and I I will tell you that as I'm listening to them, I'm mentally taking notes, going, God, I really like the way he did that. I like the way he transitioned oh. there. I'm gonna have to use that technique. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I I do appreciate that. Good job. And I appreciate you uh, going through that because I know it's extra work. You do a lot of things and uh, you got to make time, especially, uh, you know, I I, I know your significant other makes you clean up before anybody can come into your studio. And, and none of us, I did too. and none of us like having to do that. So <laughs> I did too. No, I keep the house pretty clean, including the studio, but, uh, but yeah, 
It's like hey, another thing that uh, we all are would appreciate, guys, is your your guys' reviews. Now, you can do that on any number of our outlets, whether it be uh, leaving a comment on our YouTube channel or leaving giving us a five-star review and leaving us a comment over on iTunes. Of course, you can do the same thing over at Stitcher Radio and just about anywhere else where you guys can download our show from. Uh, we love hearing from you, whether it's constructive criticism or just a pat on the back or, hey, just a shout-out as well, guys. Bring them all over. Doesn't matter, folks. Just go ahead and leave us a comment. We love the reviews as well. Please let us know how we're doing. Let us know what you guys think of the Jeep Talk Show. Yep. And if you uh, if you have anything negative you'd like to say about Cody or Trail Chasers podcast, send them to us. We'll read them on the air. Right. Hate mail <laughs> at Jeep Talk. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> we actually had uh, one review here this week uh, came in, and I don't know if this is the same guy that, uh, that gave us on, a little yeah, bit of a heads Uncle up Buck. from a Wheeling Wear uh, mm-hmm. uh, announcement, but... Uh, it was Buck from Twitter. Uh, it's at Buck underscore home. Thanks for doing the show. You are one of the four shows that I listen to while working on my Jeeps. I almost got caught up with the current episodes as well. So thanks, Buck. I don't know if that's Uncle Buck um, that we've had, uh, we're talking about in the show a few weeks ago, but uh, if it is, awesome. If not, well, hey, glad to have you on board nonetheless. For the purposes of this show, we'll say it is. He can yeah. correct us if it's not. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't me. <laughs> yeah, I'll go by Uncle Buck. That's fine. All right, so uh, and, and you know what? Since Tammy's not here, uh-huh. see, it's funny because every time she looks forward to doing the mind of Nikki G, and then when I have to fill in, she calls me and says, "Now, don't forget, <laughs> nah. it's really important <laughs> that you do a good job on the mind of Nikki G announcement." So here I am. <clears throat> now, the part that we are all looking forward to from the mind of Nikki G. From the mind of Nikki G. Hey, this is Nikki G, and I just want to talk about Tony's new LED headlights. Uh, first of all, I like to correct the spelling. It's there's there's an A in LED, not it's not just LED, and uh, there's no reason to spell it out anyhow, because I believe Josh knows how to read. But anyhow, I'll uh, take it out. I thought it might be a good idea. I <laughs> might give it a try. So I went to the auto parts store and asked for some LED headlights, and uh, they just pointed to the picture of me above the counter that says do not serve this guy <laughs> and uh or make any so sudden moves to sporting goods store and i bought a sheet of lead and i cut it out to uh, headlight shaped but uh stumped on how to wire it in so uh, any advice i would greatly appreciate and i'll chat you guys and girls later you have a good one uh, bye one, one right. side's positive one side's negative yeah, that? go ahead and hook the black wire and the red wire up to that piece of lead, Nikki. Then call us back next week and let us know how it goes. So there's going to be these little things, little electrodes attached to your skull, and that's where you can <laughs> attach the positive. And, or if there's any wire that's torn away when you escaped, it just no. Uh, uh, yeah, lead hel- headlights, of course. Uh, it uh, <laughs> it makes all the difference. And actually, it might help you protect you during a uh, EMP. Oh, we'll oh. talk more about that in a minute. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in fact, uh, we got we love hearing from you guys. You know, of course, we always uh, make that uh, make that announcement for you guys to to bring that call to action, if you will, and, and give us those reviews and crit and uh, and criticism and all that stuff. But of course, there's no better way than just reaching us directly through mm-hmm. our voicemail line five three zero six seven five four one zero two. Of course, you can always just pop over to jeeptalkshow.com. And use our speak pipe feature there on the webpage. Just like an online voicemail recording is all. Uh, we got a few voicemails to play for you tonight. Tony, who's up first? All right, who's on first? Uh, well, first off, let's do the intro. 
Hey, this is Tony. And I'm Tammy. And this is Josh. And you've reached our 24-7 voicemail line. You guys know what to do, so at the beep, leave your message. Hello, this is Sean. <laughs> I have a technical question for you. I was curious, what is the best way to protect my Jeep from an electromagnetic pulse? Just curious. You know, in case the end of the world comes, I'd still like to be driving my Jeep. Thank you. Have a pleasant day. So it's obvious that Sean is from Transylvania. No, uh, actually, uh, <laughs> Sean is up here from uh, Josh's neck of the woods. Uh, I know Josh was thrilled to hear this whenever he read the uh, the question. Now, EMP, electronic uh, magnetic pulse, which is what occurs whenever a, a UFO comes close to Nikki G's foil head <laughs> or LED headlights. Uh, no, uh, it's a, an airburst uh, of a nuclear device, and it uh, causes... Uh, well, if you if you saw the most recent War of the Worlds with Tom Cruise, you know what it does. It made all the vehicles stop, except the one that was being repaired. So uh, the, the the clue to this is is that you need to have a, 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 a EMC module that is protected in some sort of Faraday cage, and I'm not sure if that's all that you're going to have to to change. Certainly. Uh, that device is going to be the most critical one to the functioning of, of your Jeep. Uh, if you don't have a computer, all the timing won't be there for the engine to run. Now, uh, I would imagine that if you've got coil packs, there's a potential that the coil packs c- could get fried, um, but maybe not. But uh, what I would suggest doing is uh, getting an extra uh, computer for your, your, your Jeep and putting it inside some of some wire mesh that's grounded, so any electric uh, magnetic pulse that hits it will actually pass around the the device and go straight to ground. What do you think, Josh? Cody? Either one of you got any ideas on this? Well, yeah, I, I know it, that, that some ahead, solid Josh. state circuits are some integrated circuits are, are going to be okay. Most solid state stuff will be okay. It's it's when you get into you know into silicone chips, you know, you really you get into the processors and things like that. You're going to start seeing um, that stuff fail very quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, a nuclear weapon is not the only thing that can generate an EMP. Our own sun can generate uh, EMP and does every single day. Uh, it's just our our magnetosphere protects us. Now, there have been solar storms, which have been relatively large, and we've had some close calls, uh, but, uh, but nothing that we've ever really had to worry about. Um, but, you know, not you know, just to say that there's more than one way to skin a cat, as it were. Um, now, that being said, you know, if you have a carbureted Jeep, maybe an old CJ or something like that, you're probably not going to have to worry about anything at all. Uh, as most of that is all mechanically uh, timed and, and, and whatnot, there's nothing really computer controlled. So most of our, uh, us late model guys are screwed, and and all of you old time jeepers, well, you guys are going to be just fine. You know, I don't know how true it is, and maybe Cody, you can help me out with this. But uh, in the uh, the movie, oh, I'm brain farting on it. it had John Travolta in it, where uh, they took Broken the, Arrow. Broken Arrow, where according to Broken Arrow, all you have to do is just turn your vehicle off, just just not have it running whenever the bomb goes off. And yeah, you, you won't be fried. With modern vehicles, though, even though the vehicle's off, the, the chip is, the computer's yeah. still running. And, and I think you guys are being way too practical. If you're going <laughs> to do this, what you got to do is you got to core out the center of your garage, 
dig a big hole that's similar to the bat cave mm-hmm. with a hydraulic lift pull the jeep at your extra jeep because you got to buy the extra jeep to pr- protect you have to, so you can have it in after the apocalypse put the extra jeep down in the bat cave and then after the emp hits and everybody's losing their minds you just raise up with the smoke coming and the jeep lifts up into the garage <laughs> and you drive out like a boss so we're assuming one emp what happens if there's multiples so basically yeah. you're saying have more than one jeep Man, you got you just screwed up my bat cave idea. <laughs> so bummed right now. Big cave. <laughs> well, that's what I'm here for. <laughs> all right. No, but in all seriousness, Sean, you know this is this is a, a topic that that's been covered uh, a, a lot by by a lot of conspiracy theorists and 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 other motor nuts and stuff like that. Um, you can throw an endless amount of money at this topic, mm-hmm. um, or you can do what a lot of preppers uh, do for for this kind of situation and buy a very old car and just keep it very well maintained. Uh, the older mechanically driven systems in in older vehicles will be just fine during an EMP and can get you around. The problem is is finding petrol because all the gas pumps are all electrically fed. Petrol, so, also uh, known as not- go juice. Yeah, the gasoline. Yes. Good luck finding gas uh, after an EMP. Uh, and, and good luck even if you find it, uh, because that 30-foot-long siphon hose you're going to have to use to get down to the tank is going to yeah, be kind of right. fun, because uh, the electric pumps may not, may not be running. But anyway, an interesting question nonetheless. Good, uh, yeah. good thing oh, to have cool. fun with. So let's get over to uh, Nate and hear what he has to say. Hey, guys. It's Nate from SWB Crawler. I just wanted to call in uh, with some comments for Tammy about her uh, her recent uh, trials and tribulations about her sway bar and uh, some of the comments she had on uh, the most recent episode, uh, 231, I think it was. So, uh, first of all, I'm also rather short, and uh, I have to say that the lifted uh, Jeep lifestyle, uh, the struggle is real. Um, <laughs> the best I can say, uh, you, you were commenting about when you have the Jeep all flexed out, it's even harder to get in and out of. I don't know how well it'll work on the four-door, but on a two-door Wrangler with a shorter wheelbase, uh, you can use the rear tire as a step to get you up to your uh, your step, and then you can grab onto your uh, your uh, grab handle. So mm-hmm. that's uh, something to think about. Uh, second of all, you mentioned about heading to Roush Creek and getting a guided trail ride from Kyle. Kyle is good people. I uh, ran into him years and years and years ago when he worked at Paragon. Uh, he's uh, he's a pretty good guy. I ran into him recently at the Jeep Jamboree, and uh, he's he's as good as I remember. Uh, you guys ought to plug his business if uh, if you like him so much. Um, and one last comment, Tammy. I'm really sorry that I called your rear sway bar janky. Um, <laughs> it was probably not the best judgment on my part when I saw those uh, those blocks. My first thought was, "Wow, that looks terrible," and uh, I reacted like everybody else. So I'm sorry. Yeah, I told her on the show that uh, that this didn't look right to me, and uh, so you're not the only one. Uh, and I, I actually told her in chat one day, uh, if I was her, I would paint them black. That way she won't see them. And, of course, Josh, Cody, anyone know what she said yeah. for the paint color? Purple. Yep, yep. She goes, yeah. I could paint them purple. So there you go. Uh, she's gotten over it. Uh, but, yeah, good uh, uh, good hearing from you, uh, Nate, and we'll be doing a uh, another uh, Wrangler Extreme uh, from Nate here very, very soon. He is a contributor to the show. Thanks for calling in, uh, Nate. Now let's get over to, and Josh, you're going to appreciate this one because this is All going right. to be a correction uh, from Josh610. Uh, oh, I forget the whole name. Uh, but uh, Josh Car- uh, Cawood 
who was talking about you probably wouldn't want to uh, drive your uh, Jeep and four-wheel drive low on a uh, paved surface, non-slippery surface. So, uh, well, I'll just let you listen to it and see we hear what uh, Josh has to say. Hi, 610 Bob here, a.k.a. Moron, a.k.a. Idiot. <laughs> I left a voicemail saying that you shouldn't engage four-wheel low on tarmac because your front and rear gear ratios are minutely different due to tolerances and wear. I started doing a little research to find out how much this would be an issue and suddenly realized that I was completely wrong. A gear ratio is a function of the number of teeth. A 5-tooth pinion and a 10-tooth ring gear is the same as a 10-tooth pinion and a 20-tooth ring gear. Since you can't have an odd number of teeth or a half a tooth, your 4.1 gear in the front is the same as your 4.1 gear in the back. You still have some stress on your drivetrain, but it will be far less than what I was thinking and probably won't affect anything if you're going in a straight line. Sorry for the misinformation. I don't know what I was thinking. I usually give more thought about what I say than that. You here are a nerd. <laughs> well, I mean, you got to give the guy credit for calling in. But, oh, yeah. Um, no, I, I, I don't give that much thought before I say so. Oh. Just ask my wife. I never give that much thought to anything. <laughs> <laughs> so don't feel bad. <laughs> you're you're talking to a couple of knuckleheads here that are talking on a podcast. Uh, don't worry about it. It's great that you called in to correct that, though. And I was kind of thinking along the same lines, as long as you're not turning side to side, uh, I don't think there's going to be any additional stress and, uh, than it would be just the normal wear and tear on the vehicle. I mean, make sure you got uh, gear oil in there and uh, not, don't overheat things. You should be fine. So anyway, that's what we got tonight for uh, voicemails, and uh, we really appreciate you calling in, everybody calling in, and uh, doing that, you can, uh, again, you can uh, get us at uh, 530-675-4102 any time of the day or night, and uh, then you can go over to our, uh, our website, jeeptalkshow.com, and click on the little speak pipe feature, which I think is uh, leave questions and comments, or actually it says leave a voicemail now, I even tried to... Uh, dumb it down a bit so there's no confusion. So pretty much anything that uh, you can get on the internet with that has a microphone attached, you can uh, go over there and leave us a message. Hey, and on last week's uh, Amazon You Bought What, Tammy talked about the power inverter that happened to be uh, bought by, well, one of the guys here on the show tonight. Uh, it was installed <laughs> in the back of his vehicle and was used to power up what, Cody? You know what? I bought it and I uh, I mounted it to the side of the back of the Jeep, plugged it into the cigarette lighter that's back there, and it plugged in. It powered up my GoPro cameras, my uh, navigation tablet, and my brother's phone. And it was a, a great little buy. Absolutely rec- recommend it. And I bought it on jeeptalkshow.com slash Amazon. Amazon. Yep. So uh, you're running the, the GoPros are, are 12 volt, right? I mean, they have their own internal batteries. So you were uh, right. using this to charge them. Yeah, yeah. I, the, I have two new GoPros. They don't have replaceable batteries, and you know they come with the power adapter that you plug into your wall. Mm-hmm. But they also you can use just a regular power adapter for your phone. It's a micro USB port. So my uh, I have to do a, a sh- whole show on what I've got my gear set up. But um, I didn't have any extra ports, so I bought this adapter. And whenever we would stop, I just pop the GoPro off of the off of the mount and plug it in, and it would continue charging so that I never hit that that two hour charge and it never died on me. So I was able to record for two complete days of wheeling across the desert. Yeah. Great idea wow. guys. So basically uh, what the inverter does is it gives you the 110 volts you normally have at your house. 
it uh, takes that 12 volts from your your vehicle's uh, system and turns it to 110 volts. Now you can't run any everything in your mama off of this thing. It, there are limits to it, but de- depending on the size of uh, of the inverter that you use, but certainly uh, small items, telephones, GoPros, that type of thing uh, should be yeah laptop no problem uh, uh, should but do your research first. You don't want to have a meltdown, especially out in the desert, because you uh, you put too much uh, current draw through one of these inverters. Yeah, and this one had two 120 volt outlets and four USB outlets. Everything I needed. Yep, yep. It's a, it's a great purchase and a great thing to have in your uh, in your vehicle, uh, especially during a zombie apocalypse. So don't forget about that. All right, so now let's get over to uh, this week's uh, Jeep Cherokee from stock to wheeler. Well, we've talked about toe points to tires, sliders to slip yokes, but we haven't mentioned one of the most important things, stopping. (laughs) Uh, You may say with a manly tone, a tree, a rock, or three feet of mud will slow me down just fine. But what about when you're heading down that steep trail for the day? You know, brakes heat up and they don't work as well. And uh, your, uh, ad- your wheeling adventure can end in a rollover because you can't control the downward uh, uh, speed of your vehicle because your brakes just aren't there uh, to, to keep you safe. Uh, as you ride the brakes, they heat up and start to fail, uh, uh, and even faster if they are worn. If your Cherokee is your daily driver and now some 500 pounds heavier, You'll really appreciate, and uh, so with the smart, <laughs> so will the smart car in your path when you're able to make that emergency stop on the interstate with just a few fractions of an inch to spare. I tell you what, you can actually hear the the air sucking from the driver in the smart car as you come to a stop just behind them. It's it's hilarious. So there's a few things you need to do when replacing brake pads. Use the semi-metallic brake pads. Uh, the organic ones sound really good, especially if you're in Portland like Josh, but the uh, semi-metallic ones will actually give you a greater braking uh, uh, pressure and power. Uh, you will get brake dust. There's a couple other things that, that aren't great about it, but we're talking about stopping power here. And, and you know, unless you're uh, going with bigger wheels and uh, big, bigger uh, rotors, uh, bigger calipers, the whole nine yards, those little 15-inch, uh, or I guess they're like nine-inch rotors, uh, you need to do everything you can so you can bring your beast to a halt. So when you're replacing the brakes, don't forget to replace the rotors. Turning them costs about as much as uh, new, so keep the thickness of the new rotors. It'll keep them from warping as easy, and uh, it's, it's better to have that additional mass whenever you're trying to stop anyway. So just say no to slotted and drilled rotors. It's not a race car, folks. It's a Jeep. Uh, whenever you drill a rotor, you, you're losing surface area. I mean, come on, it's common sense. Uh, I know that it allows heat to escape, and uh, I guess that's about the only thing that it does. Uh, but for an, a four-wheel drive vehicle, no. I mean, you know, paint the calipers red if you want to so that it'll look, it'll look all nice and slick in your, your wheels. But slots uh, drilled, no. Just, just say no. Replace the calipers. You can get calipers at O'Reilly's, and I'm sure other uh, vendors, uh, if you don't have an O'Reilly's in your area, calipers are only about 25 bucks, and the caliper is what stops you. I mean, that's what the brake pads attach to uh, on disc brakes, and that's the clamping force. So if you're going to be replacing the pads anyway, what's 50 bucks for additional stopping? 
And if it keeps the, the vehicle that you've been working on for the last 10 years and you've promised your wife nine times you're doing the last modification on, on the Jeep, <laughs> there'll be no more and you, it just keeps on and keeps on. Spending 50 bucks for a new, new set of calipers is a small price to pay to make sure all that hard work doesn't uh, uh, turn into another project where you're cutting the top off and putting a cage on it. Although some of you might look forward to that. I don't. It just makes me sad whenever I see a, a rolled over Cherokee. Uh, it, it, no offense, Cody, but to me it always makes it look like a Grand Cherokee. Whoa. <laughs> <So>, no. <laughs> no one thing uh, you might, uh, uh, well, I'm sorry, now one thing you may not think of, brake lines. Those old factory brake lines, uh, change them over to braided steel and uh, longer brake lines because, you know, you've got a lift now. They will expand less, and that means faster and greater braking force to those new calipers you just installed. Uh, yeah, you'll have to bleed those brakes, but it actually is pretty simple to do. Uh, you just need uh, somebody that can actually just step on the brake and pump it for you and step on it and pump it and step on it. It's, very, it's actually very simple to do. So don't forget about those rear brake drums. Uh, they're easy to work. They're easier to work on than you think. New drum pads, um, new drums, pads, and don't forget the wheel cylinders. They perform the same function as the calipers and are actually cheaper. No good reason not to swap them out, especially if you're running the stock ones. Oh my God! If you're running the stock ones, change them. Uh, we had uh, one of the uh, uh, one of the wheel cylinders go out on my uh, wife's 2003 TJ, and it was a mess. There was brake fluid all over inside the the wheel well, and uh, I went ahead and changed out both sides because if one went, the other one probably is going to go pretty soon too. And uh, you know, just just change it. There, I, I think they're like nine bucks or 15 bucks from amazon uh and uh, just in case you forgot jeeptalkshow.com slash amazon so uh <laughs> get that plug in so do you have a chrysler 8.25 axle on your cherokee well there are uh, drum to disc brake upgrades uh, out there uh for those the, the the jeep grand cherokee it is zj isn't it uh, josh cody yeah yeah so you can take the the disc brakes off of a a, a zj and uh, there's a little bit of, uh, of uh, trimming that you have to do to make the hole a little bit bigger so that the backing plates will fit on your Chrysler 8.25. But uh, these upgrades will help you stop better and can be done for about $200. And really, the only difficulty will be getting that emergency brake uh, hooked back up. Right, Dan? Dan uh, couldn't uh, get his, uh, his Cherokee to uh, taken up, uh, uh, shipped up to Alaska because his emergency brake cables weren't, weren't connected because... Uh, He's got a Dana 44 front and rear on his. So anyway, uh, and don't forget about you can uh, actually get a uh, the Jeep Liberty, I believe. I forget which year it is, but the, do a little research. The Jeep Liberty actually has a Chrysler 8.25 on it or came with one, and it does have disc brakes, and that is a uh, direct swap. Uh, again, the only caveat there are the, the emergency brake cables. So all you have to do is, uh, you know, do a little more, a little extra, extra something for your brakes. Take care of your brakes. Replace those items that I was mentioning. Now, of course, you don't want to replace the calipers uh, every brake change, but you know if they've been there for a while, that's uh, it's not a bad idea, and it's really cheap and really easy to uh, change out not only the the calipers up front. But the uh, wheel cylinders in back are, are not bad at all. The, of course, the drum brakes are a little harder to work with. Uh, just make sure you don't disassemble, disassemble both of them. And if you've got a smartphone with a camera, take some pictures. You'll be really happy that you did <laughs> when you're putting it all back together.
Josh, what did that screw up on? No, you you got it right. Uh, really, I mean, disc brakes. I mean, the other only other thing that I would say that you you can do um, if you have owned the Jeep for many many years and you've never flushed your brake fluid, oh, yeah. that's something you probably want to do three to five years. Um, but I wouldn't do it any sooner than that. Uh, if you've gone ten years, that's <laughs> that's way too long. Uh, but a five five years is on average a good roundabout nice figure to uh, to to bleed your brakes now. If you only drive the Jeep a few times a year, well, obviously that you know does not going to apply to you. Um, the only other thing I would recommend, uh, if, especially if you're in the 33 or above class of tires, and this might even only apply to 35s and aboves, but the proportioning valve out of a ZJ uh, would also benefit you a little bit. That's going to give you just a little bit more bias on the rear end uh, for the braking power. Uh, it would be a very, very good upgrade, especially if you've done a disc brake swap going to really help bring those disc brakes, um, give you some good stopping power to, out of the rear end. And I'd just like to point out that you guys are talking about upgrading your XJ, and in to, order to do that, you have to pull parts off of a Grand Cherokee. I'm just saying. Well, we're talking about upgrading any Chrysler 8 and a quarter rear axle to <laughs> disc, having disc brakes. This would also apply to Dana 30s, or uh, Dana 35s rather, but eh, it's probably not something, a uh, path you really want to go down. Definitely say your money could be better spent elsewhere. Yeah. So uh, they did do some things right on the Grand Cherokee, Cody. <laughs> uh, I'll actually give them props for uh, being a proper Jeep. Not completely, but close. That's, that's, that's a big step right there. <laughs> well, I'll give, you, I'll give you, for example, the MP249. Uh, you wouldn't argue that that wasn't a, a great transfer case, would you? No. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. That, that wouldn't be my first choice. Mm-mm. So... Uh, but, but they so did there, they did, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. but, but, but they did run, they did run the 4.0 liter, uh, not in all of them, but they did run the 4.0 liter in the, in the grand Cherokees, which was a good thing to do. Uh, the, uh, as far as I know, uh, I guess it was later years that they were using the Dana 44s with the aluminum housings that yeah. weren't so good. No. Uh, and, uh, but so there, there's a lot of good things about the, the grand Cherokee. And if you know what you're looking at, uh, you can change out those weak points and have a, a, a very nice vehicle. And, and, of course, one of those weak points, I feel, is the 4.2. <laughs> Everybody always says, if you take care of it, it's fine. Well, I like the engine where I don't have to take care of it, and it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> You're talking about my 4.7 that I blew up? Is it a 4.7? Yeah, yeah, I said 4.2. I love it, but, yeah, I did blow it up. Yeah, well, I mean, and it's a common thing. It's not just you. Uh, it, yeah. You do yeah. have to take care of those things. Alrighty, so anyway, a uh, little, uh, little Grand Cherokee bashing in there for Cody's benefit. I appreciate it. <laughs> hey, something else got bashed here recently was uh, the Jeep of a friend of the show. He's actually a segment contributor. You might know him as the guy who does our radio Comtech segments, our communications expert. Well, he goes, his name is John. He goes by Prerunner1982. And, uh, well, he had an unfortunate accident this week. He was involved in a head-on collision which totaled his Jeep and thankfully didn't injure him too bad. Uh, he was able to walk away out of the crash under his own power, and uh, he is in, in relatively good shape. And he's probably going to be feeling the effects for quite some time, and, and well, there's nothing like losing your Jeep, especially mm -hmm. if uh, you weren't the one that was uh, you know, at, at fault, fault, as it right. were. So uh, ultimately, you know, we want to send our, our, our best wishes out to John and his family. They're going through a tough time right now. And John, I can only imagine the kind of grief that you're experiencing right now, having uh, lost a Jeep that you've put so much effort into. Uh, my thoughts and, and prayers go out to you, bud. 
Uh, and I'm sure I speak for the rest of the, uh, the hosts here that we say we wish you a speedy recovery. Not me. Mm-hmm. I don't really. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, it's it's funny. I I, I kind of made made light of the subject a little bit uh, over at xjtalk.com. Yeah, we uh, all did. I, uh, yeah, no, it, and I kind of chucked Tony under the bus, uh, you know, because the the vehicle that hit John was uh, was a red F-150, an, an older model. Did you see um, how good it looked though? And. <laughs> And so I, I, I made the comment that, uh, well, Tony said, you know, we'll probably say, hey, at least it was a red truck that you got hit by. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, man. Yeah. Uh, so uh, actually, uh, I, I was just uh, jumping over here to xjtalk.com looking at chat. Uh, I don't know if you saw this or not, Josh, but uh, uh, John says that he's going to be uh, driving a, a Jeep Renegade for a few days. And somebody nice. actually... Yeah, somebody actually says uh, that he'll have to do a review. Yeah, Josh, I, pre-runner, I'm sorry, pre-runner 1982 says, looks like I'm going to be in a Jeep Renegade for a few days. And I assume that means that's what he's going to be driving uh, yeah. for the Most other person's insurance company is yeah. you know, providing this as a rental. And, uh, <laughs> and then uh, 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 Abe, is it Abraham, Abe Abraham, uh, ooh, you'll have to give us a review. So, yeah, looking forward to that. And, uh, yeah, that'll be interesting to hear Dan's review uh, on the Renegade with you, uh, Cody, because I know he was not as thrilled with the Renegade as, as you were whenever he rented one uh, in California. Yeah, I know he was. And, and to follow up on the radio comm stuff, so uh, uh, John last week talked about my CB radio mount, and oh, yeah. uh, I took... I took heed of his advice and I uh, and everybody else's advice and completely avoided the no ground plane antenna. I went with a uh, fire stick adjustable antenna and a bracket that mounted uh, just above the tail light. You can see the mount of the antenna on my Instagram page, which is uh, the Trail Chasers. But uh, I went pretty basic. Just I, I trusted that it was going to work. And uh, over the weekend, over Memorial Day on the uh, off road trip, I was getting several miles of of range out of it. I took I did take it to a shop. Um, to get it tuned and I bought an SWR meter and had the guy show me how to use it so that I could tune it myself in the future. And I think that was a big piece getting it, getting it professionally tuned and learning how to do that was a big, uh, a big part of it. So, uh, would you say that, uh, seeing how the SWR meter works is, is really, really simple? It is, it is just, there's, there's like one dial there and you, and a couple switches and you switch it one direction, uh, forward use that dial to calibrate it mm-hmm. and then you switch it back and then that will give you your reading and you want it to be at a, you know, close to a one to one ratio. And then if not, you go adjust the screw on the tip of the uh, fire stick antenna until it, and you keep playing with it. And the guy, it took the guy 10 minutes and he tested it at channel one at channel 20 and at channel 40 to make sure I had good signal all the way around. And it was, I had no problems with it all, all weekend. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. good. I'm actually having to uh, replace my CB here because of uh, uh, some poor tuning and and a uh, and a pinched coax and antenna troubles over the years. It just uh, so many problems. It basically just fried the the transmitter side of my uh, of my transceiver and my CB. So it's time to move on. I uh, and the great thing is CBs are so inexpensive now. I mean, uh, back when I was doing it, you were looking at uh, close to two hundred dollars for a mobile uh, radio, and and you can go over to Amazon and get those things for fifty bucks. And yeah, the one I bought was $80. Yeah, for under $100, you can get uh, uh, one with sideband on it. And uh, if, if you guys don't know, sideband uh, doesn't use as much power uh, during transmit. It, your voice, as your voice goes up and down, 
the power level goes up and down. And actually, you can go up to, I think, 12 watts PEP on CB. So uh, you, you get a greater range uh, by using sideband. It's not widely used. Most everybody uses the AM. They keep it, uh, keep it simple and because uh, sideband does require tuning. But I'll tell you this. That's what everybody uses on, on ham radio. They don't use AM. There's a few AM operators, but it's more for a nostalgic, nostalgic type thing. Uh, the, the majority of uh, amateur radio communications that is a voice uh, on the uh, high frequency bands is sideband, single sideband, either, either upper or lower. So uh, if, you, uh, if you want to get into some, some big time uh, distance talking with, uh, and I'm not talking about, uh, uh, um, I want to call it DX. I don't want to talk, uh, not, I'm not calling it skip. Uh, I'm just talking about over uh, local distances. Uh, sideband will get you a greater range. It'll just be harder to find people that have it. All right, well, let's get over to, um, well, actually more tech talk, but a different kind of tech talk here with, uh, with Josh. Yeah, this one's uh, about some uh, recent issues I've had or ran into um, that caused me to do some research on a topic that I haven't otherwise had to delve into all that much, and that is the noise from a light bar. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. So I recently uh, recently took off the four 55-watt uh, auxiliary lights that I had on my roof rack, and I put up a 50-inch LED light bar. And I uh, love the thing. Uh, it looks awesome. It is brighter than all hell. Um, but... Uh, Anything over 35 miles an hour, and well, anybody who has one of these knows exactly what I'm talking about. It whistles. It's got a bit of a tone to it. And at first I thought, well, it's the roof rack because I'm you know, not running a windscreen. Or it's, uh, oh, it's because I just, you know, my sunroof and I just got to adjust some things. Uh, no, it, it's the light. And uh, apparently this is a very, very common problem that I haven't had to experience up until now. Uh, myself, personally, anyways. Um, well, my research kind of pointed me in the direction of why this is happening um, and what to do about it. And so I'm going to hear uh, here to tell you guys how you can take care of this issue yourself. Now, some people have gone so far as to tape all of the back fins of their lights up. And, and the fins on the back of the LED light bars is really the culprit. It's, it's not the mounts. It's not the brackets. It's not um, the, the light tabs that you welded onto your rack or anything like that. It's just the way that these things are designed. As the air moves over and across these things, uh, it creates a little bit of a vacuum on the backside of those fins. Now, the fins are basically just a, a giant heat sink. These LED lights put off a ton of heat. The circuitry inside of them um, needs to dissipate that heat somewhere. And, well, most of the LED light bars you see, it's primarily two-thirds of the body of these things are just one gigantic heat sink. And that's to get rid of the heat out of these out of the um, the chipsets inside these lights. Well, it's that heat sink is what causes all these problems. As the air moves across it, um, it's kind of like blowing air across a Coke bottle. Uh, it just kind of produces a bit of a harmonic note. And uh, and these fins, and depending on the size and the manufacturer of of the light bar that you have, uh, can produce a different tone at different speeds. So what's the fix? Well, like I said, some people are wrapping the entire thing in duct tape. Well, one, that looks like crap. And, uh, and two, um, it's dangerous, folks. It's going to burn things up. If you are off-road and you need that light and you have wrapped up the only way that that light has to dissipate all the heat with tape, well, you can imagine what's going to happen after a little while. Not exactly the thing you want to do. It's going to get um, so brighter. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, just that heat going to make it work good. No, that's that's not how it works, guys. So, um, so I've seen one person even dip the entire thing in epoxy oh, uh, and basically harden up the entire back end of it. That light is not going to last very long at all. Um, some people have gone so far as to cut the fins off. Yeah, that also 
<laughs> not a good idea, folks. I mean, one, you just spent a good chunk of change on on a on a really nice light bar. Um, why go start chopping it up? You know, things are designed for a reason, so let's not fight that engineering that's gone into it. Here's what we need to do. We need to alter the wind flow around this. Now, that doesn't mean you have to change the aerodynamics of your Jeep. That's really not going to happen. What you can do is alter the wind flow over the top of these light bars or over or around the backside of them. Um, some people are using tape, uh, oddly enough. Um, some people are using weather stripping, uh, the kind of stuff that you would put on the edge of a door. I think it's called um, uh, like a door trim or something like that. Mm -hmm. That stuff works really well because it actually has a little bit of double-sided tape inside of it. All we're trying to do is disrupt the airflow going across these things. Um, so a little bit, uh, a couple little strips of this, uh, this door stripe stripping um, on the very top and the very bottom fin only. You don't have to go all the way across. Some people do, but you don't have to. Just break it up a little bit. Um, you know, maybe a couple foot chunks or something like that will do the trick. Uh, what, that is enough to disrupt the airflow to make the air go across those fins a little bit longer than immediately dumping back along, along the back side of them. And that's going to be just enough to get rid of that whistle. Now, I've seen some creative options, uh, some creative flair on, on the same trick. Some people have used those things that you put on, uh, on uh, file folders and stuff, little um, tabs that you will. Uh, that's enough to uh, disrupt the airflow as well. Not a permanent solution, but it certainly uh, will get you maybe through the summer or at least through the weekend or something like that. Um, I've seen, like I said, some people use uh, like Gorilla Tape or something like that to kind of create their own little air dams off the top and, and bottom edges of, the, of these things. That, too, will also work, but probably not the, uh, the most ideal solution. Really, the door trim is going to be the, the best solution for you. It's going to look more factory, more OEM. It's going to look like it's supposed to be there, and it's going to be a little bit more longer lasting. Mm -hmm. Hope this has helped you out, guys. I know this is a problem that has bugged me for a little while. I'm going to try a few other different solutions as well. If I find something uh, while thinking outside the box, I'll be sure to let you guys know. And if you'd like to let me know about any tech questions that you might have, be sure you let me know. Drop me an email to info at jeeptalkshow.com and be sure to put in tech talk in the subject line. Um, I'm just going to say it. It's a Jeep. It doesn't have to be quiet. If you want something <laughs> quiet, sure the hell isn't. get a stinking Cadillac. Uh, but with that said, mine only whistles when I'm driving about 75 miles an hour uh, and a cold front has just come through and I'm, I'm hitting like a 30 mile per hour uh, headwind. And then it yeah. plays a nice little tune. But, yep. uh, but most of the time, I don't have to deal with that. But, but that's, that, it's, it's exactly what, what you said, Josh. You just have to disrupt that airflow. Uh, stop blowing over the top of the Coke bottle. Move that air yep. someplace else and uh, it'll, uh, it'll change. So, yeah, I, I guess that could be... Uh, uh, especially if you're if you're driving along and uh, women think you're whistling at them, it's uh, could yeah. have adverse effects. So. Hey, Josh, I have a I have a quick question. Years ago on my XJ, I had like the Dixie Peck high high wattage lights mounted on my roof rack above my windshield on the XJ, and every time I flipped those things on, it it was point I was blinded with the glare sure. on the windshield, and I ended up making sheet metal mm -hmm. shades underneath them. Are, oh, I wow. see everybody with the LEDs on the roof. Does that is that glare non-existent anymore? Well, it, it really all depends on the beam pattern of your lights. Ultimately, if you've got like a pencil beam pattern. Well, there's not going to be a whole lot of dispersion of that beam. You're not going to get a lot of uh, of that refracted light down across the hood. Um, and of course, the lighter color of your Jeep, well, the more glare that's going to be as you're you know lighting up that bright colored paint at night. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the other thing is placement. 
uh, uh, regardless of beam pattern, if you place your lights directly, uh, you know, on top of your A pillars, right on the top of, you know, the edge of your windshield. Uh, well, guess what? That light is likely going to illuminate most of your hood, mm-hmm. and it's gonna. Well, that's gonna have some glare. You know, I put mine on my roof rack that is back a little ways. It's actually behind my sunroof now. Not every Cherokee has a sunroof, but mine does. Oh wow, so it's really is, really way back there, then, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So mine mine is back about a good foot and a half. Mm-hmm. I might even go eighteen inches to two feet, you know, or so from the edge of my from the edge of the windshield. So. When mine kicks on, I've got the top of the roof there to kind of cast a shadow over the front of the Jeep. And the light okay. is high enough to where I've got it pointed down. And I can actually see the terrain in front of me still. So. And you're using a spot versus the flood. Well, uh, the so the setup that I have now in the LED light bar and the setup that I had before are very similar. I had two spot beams in the center and then two diffused beams on the outside. Um, the LED light bar set up the same way. Yeah, the, it's spot the, in the middle. Yeah, the spot okay. is in the middle, and then there's a little bit of more of a driving pattern on the very outside. Now, the spot in the middle is, you know, it's two thirds of the light for, for the most part, if not more. Mm-hmm. Um, so it does, m- the, you know, the bulk of that pencil beam, and it really gets it out there. Uh, aiming your lights, putting them where they're where they're supposed to be instead of where they look cool. You know, all this kind of comes into play as to you know how you can get light auxiliary lighting from the top of your Jeep without affecting you know safety and vision. Yeah, and I've been hesitant to do a roof-mounted light because I was worried about that glare. But uh, um, your yours is black, right? Yeah, I wouldn't hey, worry about it. Cody, one last thing here, and uh, for anybody else who's listening, who's got a black Jeep or doesn't mind throwing a little bit of paint on their Jeep, if you have a well, a fairly permanently mounted light bar now because you've screwed into your A pillar, and uh, you don't really want to get rid of that cool LED light or how well it functions, but you hate that glare, well, get some flat black paint and uh and you can start painting your hood and that will help take care of it a little bit yeah the flat part of it makes a huge yeah. difference because of the Has glare to be flat but if you don't want to paint your hood just make a um what would you call it a flashing just be careful eyelid yeah just yeah but underneath the the light you can actually put a bit of metal there or maybe a piece of plastic so it won't cut you or whoever that you're you're driving by and make that that piece of plastic that goes underneath the light as a block to block it yeah. from shining on the hood and from the a pillar or even up top um and and then that way you can actually block the light from uh, reflecting off your hood um, and that's exactly what i did in the past but then you know i made a custom sheet metal eyelid and and it uh, just looked kind of cheesy yeah so. it can uh i mean the first go at it may not may not come out right but i think if you think about it and you try a couple of designs i, I think you can make it look nice I'm, and frankly, I'm surprised that they don't sell them, uh, sell them that way. Now, uh, the, the thing I need to do with mine, uh, I, you know, my hood is red, uh, as, as most Jeeps want to be. And uh, when I turn on the 44-inch the <laughs> light, guy. <laughs> hey, I don't make the rules. I just, yeah. Okay, okay <laughs> so real quick, we're going inter- to interject here. I just play what a, by them. What, a, what about the red Trailhawk that I was with this weekend? Is it, a, is it, you accept it because it's red now? Uh, a Jeep has to have a front axle. Did it have a front axle? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. There, there are uh, posers out there. I'm just going to tell you. 
So there are other things. But anyway, uh, but uh, I've got a, you know, a bright red hood. And when I turn on the 44-inch, uh, uh, and I got the same type of thing that you have there, Josh. It's a combo mm-hmm. uh, spot and uh, uh, spot in the middle and then flood on the sides. And uh, yeah, the hood lights up, but it doesn't keep me from being able to see, especially with all the other lights I got pointed out in front of me. Yeah. It's, it's very, very bright in front of the Jeep. Uh, and if for you guys that, uh, that haven't been keeping up, I've got uh, two seven inch, uh, a 20 inch, and those, those are on the bumper. And then I've got the 44 inch on the roof. And now I have the, uh, the infamous now, the now infamous Nikki G, uh, lead hel- uh, headlights, which, uh, I've actually had to uh, dim down because they were so damn bright. Uh, so I got a lot of led lighting on my, uh, on my Jeep. I just need to start working on the back now. Uh, well, I do have a 20 inch, uh, led light on the roof in the back as well, but I, I haven't had to use that one yet. Thank goodness. Yeah. I've got a couple little pods on the back, uh, back of my roof rack now. And I really like, uh, oh, it's wonderful. Isn't it? Yes. <laughs> it's like actually be able to see, see when I back up, actually be able to see when you back up. It is amazing. Things you can do when you can see. So I just wanted to point this out, uh, Josh. You mentioned something during your tech talk segment, and sure. uh, I just want to throw this out here because it didn't yeah. it didn't make a lot of sense to me. There's there's a few things you guys have heard this before: uh, Jumbo Shrimp, military intelligence, and now Jeep aerodynamics. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't no such thing as Jeep aerodynamics, yeah. at least not in that the real an Jeeps. Oxymoron. Yes. <laughs> All right, well, let's get over to our camp fireside chat if we've beat this dead horse. Son, you can't bring that Jeep Renegade out here. <laughs> How'd it you made get it? It? Didn't it? It, did it you, made it to the campfire. Did you have a helicopter come in and drop that off just a few feet down the road so you could drive up to this campfire? Tell me the nope, truth I, there, boy. <laughs> I drove this bad boy all the way up here. <laughs> so, so we're, Tony, what's what's going on with uh, what's going on with your Jeeps? I, I know that you've uh, recently done some work to the '98, to the '99. I know you've got a a little bit of a laundry list building of stuff to, to oh, do to God. the '98. Uh, you know, any, any any closer to getting that air compressor put in? <laughs> uh, I, I put it in the other day. I drove it back and forth to work. It really enjoyed the ride, and then I put it back in the bench on the bench. There, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go for a little ride. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was having a lot of fun because I heard this, and it was my uh, 44-inch light bar whistling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I actually have a, a long list, and, and much like you, Josh, with your, your 99, but, of course, now you can uh, actually say that you've accomplished some of the things that you were, yeah. you were trying to do, which I know makes you feel uh, much better, uh, I, although I think you're a lot busier than I am, so I think you had more, more reason not to do these things. Uh, but uh, there's there's two things that I've been wanting to do for the longest time and uh, have not uh, done yet. And I was thinking today that I ought to at least put the extended brake line. I was thinking about the brake uh, segment oh, that I was going to yeah. be doing. And I have a, a brand new uh, braided red, of course, uh, rear brake line uh, that uh, I need to install on my uh, my Jeep. And even though the majority of the braking is done by the disc brakes and, and those uh, uh braided brake lines, extended brake lines are installed. Uh, and I did notice a, a better uh, braking after putting those things on, especially because of the stock uh, brake lines uh, and going to those steel braided ones. 
but uh, I thought, you know, it's, it's going to help me if I somewhat uh, for the drum brakes uh, by uh, replacing that rear brake line. And it's not that big a deal to do. I just need to do it. And, I, and, and really, even though I don't have any off-road plans uh, currently because of the other thing I need to do, which is change out the U-joints on the front drive shaft, um, I could get myself in a situation where I need to use that four-wheel drive system and it would be perfectly fine to, to use on a, a short emergency emergency uh, type uh, situation. And I pop a brake hose because I didn't put that extended brake line on the back. So it's real simple to do. I just need to change out that brake line. And then two of the critical things I need to do before going off-road will be taken care of. One of the two things will be taken care of. So uh, I'm really going to try to do that this weekend. It's just, uh, you know, I hate working on the Jeep in June, especially down in South Texas. Yeah, I was going to say, it's, you're also in the, starting to get into the kind of territory of the year where things are probably uncomfortably hot to work on your Jeep. Is your garage air-conditioned? Oh, no, of course not. Oh. Do you have air conditioning in yours? I mean, I don't know if that's a, Hell a, no. if that's a local thing. <laughs> it's called uh, a fan. Yeah, yeah fan. I, I have a big-ass <laughs> fan in my, uh, in my garage. You have to have that uh, down yeah. here. Although it gets pretty warm up there in uh, Portland, doesn't it? Uh, yeah. In fact, uh, we were knocking on the door of uh, triple digits uh, here just recently this week, in fact. Uh, so it's, uh, yeah, we, we get we get hot swells and, and whatnot. I'm generally pretty mild climate up here. But, <laughs> uh, but yeah, the summers, it gets, it gets uncomfortably warm. Yeah, we haven't hit 90 yet. Uh, not officially. Oh, yeah, not officially, which, was, which is kind of amazing. Damn that global warming. Now, Cody, you're in the land of uh, a constant 74 degrees and uh, uh, bark uh, on your shirt, right? <laughs> yeah, well, see, that depends on who I'm talking to. If I'm talking to someone where it's, uh, it's cold or crappy weather, I tell them it's always 74 and sunny where I'm at. Uh -huh. But in all reality, I'm so far inland from the beach that it gets up to 110 during the summer. And it's, oh, my goodness. You know, it's, it's, it's warm. We basically live in the Southern California desert. Yeah. Nice. I knew. Well, that's kind of interesting for wheeling, though, isn't it? Oh, it's, it's amazing. I can go 20 minutes in any direction and hit an epic trail. So do you guys have any problems with scorpions? Uh, I don't have a problem with them as long as they leave me the hell alone. That's what I mean. You have to watch where you walk and uh, no, check your shoes. I, and No, I don't. I don't. God, now I'm worried. No, I don't know. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> Why the hell did I move out to this god for a second? <laughs> That's what always worried me about the desert with scorpions. It probably isn't something uh, that you really have to worry about, but... You know, if you if you have a fear and uh, it's it, you don't deal with it or you don't really know, you haven't re researched it, you just kind of have that fear. But anyway, as far as uh, my Jeep goes, uh, yeah, I'd really like to have that air horn, Josh. I'd really like to have I that air it. horn. I know uh, it. You know, but I still haven't decided where I, to mount that silly uh, air compressor and tank. Uh, I have been carrying the the tank around because uh, I got the the Via Air. Um, I think it's a two and a half gallon tank and, uh, that, uh, really nice 100% duty, uh, via air, air compressor. I, I, I like the idea of putting it under the hood, but I don't like the idea of all the heat that's generated and shortening the life of that $250 air compressor. Uh, I uh, they, thought about, they do have, uh, I actually, this was a question that popped up with a, a client of mine that uh, I did, I was doing some side work for, mm -hmm. um, was had the same question about mounting a, a Vire compressor under the hood. And, and I didn't have the exact numbers for him. So I actually had to go to, uh, to Vire and talk with one of their technical, uh, reps and, and, and get the, the raw numbers, uh, from them and, and their operating temperature, 
uh, max is out at I think 350 degrees, and even then, at that point, you're you have severely diminished the uh, the, uh, the the work rating, uh, the duty cycle mm-hmm. uh, of how long that compressor can stay on, and, and and at what CFM it will produce for how long at what temperature. Uh, so really, the underhood environment is not conducive for an air compressor, at least some of the most of the aftermarket ones. Now I know that ARB makes a little double compressor one that uh, they say that you could mount even under the Jeep, um, but that, that's not something that I would ever do. Um, really, ultimately, unless you're doing like a York air compressor style conversion or something like that, um, the best place for your compressor is inside the cab. Mm. Oh, and, 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 if you- and Tony, what I did in my TJ was I pulled the, um, the driver's seat out and mounted the air compressor underneath the driver's seat and then ran hose and a switch out to a little plate on the, underneath the front of the switch, uh, seat where it was easy to reach. And that was the best setup ever. It was it kept it inside. It was protected. You just reached under the seat, flipped the switch, and you were good. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, I've got power uh, seat, seat in mine. I could put it under the driver's seat. And uh, uh, anybody that was riding as a passenger probably would enjoy the uh, the vibration of the, uh, <laughs> of the air compressor. <laughs> I'll ride with Tony. I'll ride with Tony. <laughs> Don't you, hey, hey, your ear horn is getting kind of low. Turn on the air compressor. No, it's yeah. fine. I see the pressure right here. I actually Turn have a, it on. Uh, I actually have a Via Air air pressure gauge on my uh, uh, A-pillar uh, tripod oh, cool. thing. So I'm actually going to be able to monitor the air pressure on there too. But that's yeah. kind of been the problem. I mean, I just need to go out there and uh, and do it. But that's kind of been the problem is where am I going to install this stuff? Uh, right now, I'm leaning towards putting it under the back seat and then taking the, because uh, I, I think it comes with, I either bought or it came with uh, the um, the uh, extension for the air. Right, so you can re- remotely mount the intake. Right, and I was actually going to extend that up like uh, the, uh, the B pillar uh, and uh, have that thing up above, you know, closer to the like head, uh, the driver uh, head uh, height. And uh, then, uh, then I'll just have to run the the hose underneath the Jeep um, along the uh, the unibody uh, to where I want to go with. Because remember, what this thing's going to be doing isn't just air horn and not just uh, onboard air for for uh, air down and fill up. It's going to be uh, running a couple of ARB um, blockers. Right. So. I have to I have to plan it out, and uh, I'm, I'm not a fan of the under the seat mount either, uh, just because of lack of air circulation. Um, I mean, it'd be one of those things where you could probably get away with it, but that compressor will get hot. Mm-hmm. Uh, it will probably have most likely have a shorter duty cycle. Um, oh, it's not going to get as hot as it under the seat as it would mm, under, under the no, hood. No, <laughs> absolutely not. But you know, at the same time. You know, I've had my compressor thermal out just because I'm airing up too many vehicles after, you know, in the staging area. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, it's it's going to happen. And that was, you know, open air. So, you know, it, it can happen. Uh, it's just, you know, you got to kind of be mindful about, you know, what you're doing, where you're mounting it, what you're using it for. You know, under the seat, it'd probably work, but, you know, oh. there's not a lot of room. Yeah, that's true. Seats. You know, that's the other thing I read, that it needs to be mounted uh, standing up. Because if you put it on its side, it doesn't work as efficiently, and it shortens its lifespan. So I may be—I may have to actually mount it like most people do, on top of the tank in the cargo area of the vehicle, which I hate because now you're losing cargo space. Uh, I would suggest uh, mounting your tank vertically, uh, and then putting the air compressor then in the quarter panel 
where the on the opposite side of the cubby. Quarter panel has a antenna tuner in it for my uh, oh, ham radio. Okay. Uh, you but, could relocate that under the seat. <laughs> no, it has to be right next to the antenna. Oh, okay. But anyway, uh, you can see how I have uh, things I have to work out yeah, because it's not. It's probably going to just be there on the side where the spare tire used to be, uh, like a lot of people do, where they mount the tank and then put the because the the compressor will mount straight to the top of the the via air uh, tank, and I'll probably just wind up doing that, and maybe make it in a, in such a manner where I have uh, quick disconnects and I can pull it out of there if I need to haul things around. If I'm hauling go. stuff around, I probably am not worried about locking the the front and rear differentials. <laughs> yeah, right. All right, Josh. Well, I see you got something here in the show notes, but unfortunately, we've ran out of time. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> no, I really don't have much to talk about as far as my own Jeep is concerned. Um, you know, I've uh, the next big thing uh, for me is is a rebuild of the transfer case. Uh, you know, I, I I broke the one um, open that I had in there, the original, uh, on some rocks a couple years ago. I got a uh, very quickly a replacement uh, 242 to slap in there. Uh, with a slip yoke on it, and um, the last couple times I took it out wheeling, it didn't want to stay in four-wheel drive. Oh. I know it's not a linkage issue. I'm fairly certain it's the shift fork pads. So I- I'm just going to plan on gutting this case and uh, and taking the guts out of my old one, which I know is fine, uh, and and just basically just doing a gut swap on it. Now, I really had wanted to do some upgrades at the same time. Yeah. I, just, I don't have the parts right now, and, and this is something that I kind of need to get done before I can take it out on the trail. Right now, the Jeep is is driving on the road. I, I've driven it to work a couple of times. Oh, great. Um, yeah. No, it's 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 great. It runs and drives awesome, um, but uh, it's just not quite trail ready yet. Mm-hmm. So uh, that'll be, uh, that, that's the next step. Transfer case is, uh, is on the short list. I have never had the issue of it popping out of four-wheel drive. I guess I'm very lucky. I've had the issue on the MP242, which is, is very common of getting it out of four-wheel drive yeah. because the, those yeah. uh, those pads will wear and then it uh, you have to go through a bit of a, a gyration. Uh, yep. But I, but I found that, and for any of you guys that are going through this, I'll tell you real quick, uh, really what you need to be doing is going about, uh, I don't know, 15 miles an hour or less. Yeah, less, much less. Put it in neutral. Well, I've done it as high as 20, and it, it works fine. So uh, you put it in neutral. You're coasting along. And then uh, push your uh, four-wheel drive lever all the way up to two-wheel high, I think is what it says. Yeah. And, and on mine, I can always tell that I've got it in, in two-wheel drive because the, the lever doesn't feel spongy. It's all the way down on a locked position. If, right. it, if it feels like there's a little, a little bit of, uh, you know, you can push it down and it pushes back on you, that means it hasn't uh, released. Uh, and, and unfortunately, I guess this is the way it's designed. You go into... Uh, 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 four-wheel drive, um, uh, uh, full-time, uh, no, I'm sorry, part-time four-wheel drive before you get to the two-wheel. So <laughs> you can stretch a chain if you don't get it out of uh, out of uh, four-wheel drive, um, uh, full, the part-time four-wheel drive. And I think that's how I, I initially stretched my chain was trying to make uh, turns in a parking garage with it in uh, uh, part-time four-wheel drive. I just didn't know. Oh, wow. I just didn't know it was. It wasn't out. I mean, it was in the right position, but so it was kind of a learning experience. Anyway, Cody, what you got for us? Um, well, over Memorial Day weekend, I, I kind of alluded to it a couple times. We took uh, I took ten other vehicles and about twenty people across the Mojave Desert, and we did the old Mojave Road from Barstow to Laughlin over the course of two days, and 
one of those vehicles was not all of them were Jeeps. Some we had a couple of Tacomas, a FJ Cruiser, a Ranger, uh, but one of them was a 2016 Renegade Trailhawk. And the Hawk did not disappoint. It did great wow. on open roads. It was awesome in the sand. It was like it was like my brother-in-law drove it, and he's been riding dirt bikes and off-road type stuff for a long time. But this is his first Jeep, and he drove it like it was a dirt bike. And he pointed that thing and just shot through <laughs> the sand washes. It was it was a it was like a it was like a go kart with a V6 strapped to the back of it. It was just it was so much fun, and uh, I got to ride with him for a little while. Um, we came across some rutted, pretty rutted, rocky roads, and the, the Renegade has zero articulation to speak of, like <laughs> yeah, none whatsoever. Right. I'll, I'll give it that. But you can watch the thing think, and when it gets up and one tire gets all off the ground, the computer says, oh, I don't need that tire anymore, and it pulls the thing right through. So um, uh, we'll be doing a uh, an interview with Matt on the on the Renegade and one of the guys that drove a Toyota on one of the next Trail Chasers podcasts, but... I've also got a, a video of day one that will be released um, probably by the time you guys are listening to this. And I'm sure everyone's going to look at it. And I know Tony specifically is going to say, when's the Renegade going to start doing stuff? It's just flat road. But uh, that's that's just uh, the first day was pretty mellow. The second day, I think I've got some better footage. I haven't gone through it all yet, but it was an awesome trip. And uh, this is the second time we've done it. And I'm looking forward to doing it again. You know, I'd love to see, um, uh, even if it's uh, some Italian engineers come up with something that uh, works better than what's already been developed. And uh, I just don't see that. You know, uh, the only thing I can say about the Renegade is at least it looks more like a Jeep than, uh, you know, the, the new Cherokee. And I guess that's really what turned me was I was excited to see the new the new Cherokee. Uh, and I've said it before and I'll say it again, especially after the new Camaro and the new uh, Charger and Challenger that uh, came out, and then they come out with this this thing that uh, I'm sure you guys have seen that uh, that poor dog that's saying twirl because the nose and the teeth and all it just has a the really funny looking uh, snout, and that's what the the the, uh, the the new Cherokee looks like. It just looks like it's a a poor messed up dog. Uh, it's it's just an ugly vehicle, and it's it's an insult to the the Cherokee name is the way I've looked at it, and I think that's what's turned me off. To, to the new Cherokees. I mean, I'm sorry, the new, uh, the new Jeeps. That, yeah, uh, I, I think when the new Cherokee came out, a lot of us got a really sour taste. Mm-hmm. And, and I would agree that uh, a lot of us at that point drew a line and said everything from this point forward is not a, quote, real Jeep. But um, uh, like I said, I, I, when Dan and I have our conversation, I, we'll, we'll talk about a lot of this. But I really do think the Renegade has a place in the market, and I think it oh certainly it, it meets a demographic, and part of that demographic is an adventure vehicle. It's it's an you know I think it all comes down to the definition of off road. What is off roading? You know we we took this thing 170 miles across the desert with no roads, and it it did the the whole thing. That's an off road trip, and um, you know especially like I said, 20 days after it got purchased. Um, so I, I think that your what your what your definition of off road real vehicle and real off roading is will have an impact on how, what you think of it. But for me, I think it's a great vehicle. I think the way I look at it is, what is going? How successful am I going to be in a critical situation? And do I? Uh, I'm not just talking about an off road trip where you have other people with you. Because remember, the whole reason why. Uh, I lifted my Jeep was because I wanted a emergency escape vehicle after being threatened by Hurricane Rita. So 
I think I, I may look at it a little differently than I enthusiast, somebody that's going to have fun off road. Uh, I mean, certainly the, I like that aspect of having the Cherokee is just the ability to go play with it off road. But am I going to want to trust a renegade to my family's safety because I'm trying to evacuate an area, um, a flooded area or uh, one that's being hit by high winds and, and so on and so forth? Uh, I just don't think you can be as successful with the newer Jeeps as you can be with the older ones, Grand Cherokees included, because uh, I think that they are built more like uh, rugged off-road vehicles. And certainly the aftermarket support is huge. Now, that may change for these newer vehicles that really haven't developed an aftermarket uh, yet. And in Renegades uh, uh, Plus, you can put, you can lift it. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. not, it's not like the new Cherokee, uh, which I don't know if everybody's aware of that or not. But you cannot, there, you cannot lift the new Cherokee. And that may change in the future. But several people have said you're not going to be able to, not significantly. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's a lie. Whenever, whenever Jeep comes out and says, this is your off-road vehicle, it's trail-rated, Rubicon-rated, blah, 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 whatever they say about it. And it gives people the false impression that they are going to be able to do the same thing as a CJ, a, a, a TJ, a JK, or an XJ, and, and you're just not going to be able to do that, with the, with the uh, at least with the Cherokee. We'll have to see what happens with the Renegade. Yep, oh, I think uh, time will tell. Yeah, and I'm sorry, uh, Cody, you may not be able to answer this or not because the investigation hasn't been completed, but uh, of those 20 people that you took out in the Mojave Desert, how many of them made it back? Oh, gee. Well, uh, <laughs> interesting story. Uh, the, the, and I'm going to throw my brother-in-law under the bus. I think you might actually be listening right now. Um, we all kind of, a, a bunch of us said, okay, we're going to leave at 7 a.m., and he was like, yeah, whatever. And him and my brother at 7.01, I was in the down at ballet and I put it into gear and drove away at 7.01 <laughs> and I got a call at 10 o'clock and my brother and my brother-in-law were like, hey, we uh, kind of overslept. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gee. <laughs> you left their ass then. <laughs> oh, they, they, the two of them are fine. They, they could, they, they're big boys. Um, I'm going to save the rest of that story though for when I actually interview Matt on my show. And yeah, good that, tease. Wake, waking up at ten o'clock is the least of that story. <laughs> good tease. Yeah, you guys don't forget about uh, the Trail Chasers podcast. You got to go over there and listen to that. Subscribe so that you don't miss an episode. So let's get over to Wheeling Wear and wrap this bad boy up. As we're in the part of the show, we're going to talk about what events are coming up in your neck of the woods and around the nation. Now, a couple months ago in our Wheeling Wear segment, we announced an event called Wheelers for the Wounded. It was happening in Texas. We just got word this week that they had a great turnout. One of the best, in fact. But here's the best part, guys. They managed to raise over $21,000 for disabled veterans. Huge, huge deal, guys. I want to thank all of you for helping out and help spread the word about these events by participating in the off-road events in your area. The success of these events depends on all of us. So thanks again, Jeepers, for doing your part. Now, the uh, ANA Auto Stores are presenting the 29th annual Summer Four-Wheel Jamboree Nationals happening July 8th through the 10th at the Bloomsburg Fairgrounds in Bloomsburg, Pennsylvania. Uh, This is a four-wheel off-road jamboree. Be sure to visit the website for more information about the Monster Truck Show that's happening at the same time, as well as a plethora of other off-road events. For more information, head to www.fourwheeljamboree.com. Now, as far as something that I've been trying to do and get going here for a little while now is the Jeep Club shout-out. I want to give a big, fat Jeep wave 
to Mike, a.k.a. the Jeep Boss, and his club, the Tri-City Jeep Club. Took me, he took my advice, and now he and the rest of the Tri-City Jeepers are getting a special shout-out right here on the show. And of course, we can't let you guys go without telling you about an awesome event they have going on. It's a good old-fashioned show and shine, but this time, they've got an RTI ramp to test your flex, an <laughs> obstacle course to test your skills, and to test your luck, they're putting on a huge raffle with some great off-road prizes from four-wheel parts. All the proceeds from this event are going to help out the Children's Wish Foundation. If you want to be a part of this great cause, rub elbows and trade trail stories with some other Jeepers, well, make sure you guys join Mike in the Tri-City Jeep Club over at Wellington Motors in Guelph, Ontario, Canada, June 18th for a great show. For more information, head over to tricityjeepclub.org for more and all of the other stuff that they have to offer. Thanks for letting us know about your club, Mike, and, the, of course, the event. Be sure to keep the rubber side down, and we wish you all the best of luck on the upcoming show. Hey, did you mention the barbecue? Because they're going to have barbecue, too. I'm just looking yeah, at they this. Yeah, they No, there's going to be food there for sure. I was afraid you didn't have this in the notes. Uh, man, <laughs> there's some nice pictures here. They got some uh, some sponsors on this thing. There's a nice yeah. uh, image of a, uh, a Jeep uh, a JK rolling over a, uh, uh, it's not a Prius, but it's a car. So, Might as well be. <laughs> yeah, so we'll just say Prius. So, yeah, yeah thanks a lot uh, for uh, for reaching out. And also, too, just want to point out, this is a June 18th thing. So if you guys have something going on, remember, we record on Thursday, release on Monday. So make sure you give us a couple of weeks before at any least. event. Yeah. yeah, so that we can talk about it at least once, maybe even twice. Happy to get those things out there. And, uh, you know, I'd like to go to one of these things. So if somebody in Texas is listening to this thing, especially in Southeast Texas, and there's an event coming up, let me know about it. I'd love to come out and uh, show you what a red Jeep looks like. There we go. <laughs> of course, if you guys would like your club or your event uh, showcased here on the show, make sure you send an email to info at jeeptalkshow.com and uh, let us know who you are where you're at, and some, uh, of course, give us the links to all the pertinent information and where we can send people, and uh, well, we're going to promote you. Mm -hmm. Of course, guys, um, we would love to hear from you otherwise, so uh, don't let this be your only motivation. Well, that's it for this week, guys. Wherever you're wheeling, if you pack it in, make sure you pack it out. Let's leave our recreation spots in as good, if not better condition than they were when we arrived. Remember to always tread lightly, stay on designated trails, and don't wheel where you're not supposed to. If you'd like to learn more about the Tread Lightly principles and how you guys can help keep our trails and public lands open for off-road use, make sure you head over to treadlightly.org. We love hearing from you guys on the Twitter, the Facebook. Uh, Instagram, like I was saying in the pre-show, is really blowing up. You can find us uh, at all those locations just by looking, uh, doing a search for Jeep Talk Show. Uh, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Tumblr. Uh, I just uh, created a new Tumblr account specifically for the Jeep Talk Show. So uh, we would love to have you guys come over there and give us a follow. You get to see funny little clips uh, from the uh, the commercials that that uh, we've been putting out to help promote the show. Uh, please take a moment on uh, on Twitter and Facebook to uh, share those things so that uh, more people will know about our show. Uh, and uh, you know, I think that you're going to see that we're going to be more involved in uh, the Jeep community as time progresses and we get a little more popular, right. and uh, we have uh, some more. Uh, funds, I guess, like from advertisements and stuff so that we can afford to get Josh uh, out uh, places and uh, get Tammy over to places. I mean, they already go out now, but uh, if we can, uh, if the show can pay their pay for their trip, they're more likely to be able to go to those things. So yeah, imagine uh, having a Jeep talk show at your event, doing yes. a remote broadcast or something like that. That would be cool. And of course, we, have, we would need your guys' help to make that happen. Yeah. And please, so please let everybody know that you know that has a Jeep 
that would be interested in listening to our podcast. Hell, if you got to give them a podcast, how to listen to the podcast 101 lesson, do it. Get them involved in listening to the show. And uh, we've got big plans for this show in the future, but we do need your help. And of course, Jeepers, we know you guys are making purchases all the time. We see it in our Amazon You Buy What segment every month. So the next time you guys are ordering something for your Jeep, make sure you ask the business if they know about the Jeep Talk Show. If you're buying a product or service from that vendor because of a review or a discussion you heard here on the show, be sure to let them know. And if they haven't heard about us, well, be sure to let them know about the one and only Jeep Talk Show. Who knows? Might even lead to some future exclusive Jeep Talk Show discount codes. Mm, yes. And don't forget, uh, before you make Amazon purchases, go over to jeeptalkshow.com slash Amazon. If you got to make one right now, go to xjtalk.com slash Amazon because we don't have jeeptalkshow.com fixed yet. <laughs> hey, and if you got a product you'd like a review here on the show, be sure to reach out to us. And if you need a voice for your business or product, be sure to hit me up over at thevoiceofjosh.com. Hey, if you got a computer situation where uh, you need networking, servers, all kinds of crap, I can do that for you. Uh, that's muccs.com. And uh, Cody, where can people find you at? And if you need someone to laugh at, my name's Cody. I'm at trailchasers.net. You can find us at the Trail Chasers on the gram, at Trail Chasers on the Twitter and Facebook uh, slash Trail Chasers. And like I said, we'll have a new YouTube video coming up in the next uh, day or two. Excellent. You guys have a great Jeep week. We'll see you next week. Uh, Tammy will be back with us uh, next week, and we'll be hearing all about her uh, off-road adventure with her new uh, freshly lifted Jeep. Not new Jeep, but freshly lifted Jeep. All right, bye, guys. We need a hang-up noise like we're on the phone and we just click, <laughs> click. <laughs> <laughs> An old-style phone. <laughs>